Dateline, 24th of November, 2014, folks. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 326. Now, before we go anywhere, Grant, let's start off with a quick lesson on nature. What on earth is a Jabiru? Yes, thank you, Steve. Observe the male of the species as he stands in the low water next to the reeds. That's right. Jabiru is a name used for Australia's only stork, the black neck stork, and is near beauty. Look at that plumage. He's typically found in coastal and river areas in Australia's north, unlike many aircraft. Now, now you see, folks, Grant's been practicing that one all night. I think he did. Pre- I think he carried that off pretty well, mate. Yeah, not quite David Attenborough, but I'm working on it. Yes, very true, Grant. Well, you're talking about uh, things that are not flying. Grant, I wonder how long uh, Jabiruz will still be flying for the aircraft, that is. Now, we talked uh, extensively about that situation with their power plants last week. Grant, uh, can you bring us up to date on uh, what's happened in the week since? Um, Jabiruz still, obviously, uh, you can't blame them for this, fighting very hard, as is uh, the Recreational Aviation Australia, or RAOs, as we like to call it. Um, they obviously don't want to see these Jabiroos grounded and they're asking a lot of hard questions about why they feel like they've been singled out. That's the one, mate. Uh, We've got the situation where CASA has extended the comment period on their consultation draft, proposing that uh, use of Jabiroo-powered aircraft be limited, as we discussed last week. And uh, a little bit more information coming out. It's uh, related to a number of bolt valve cylinder and flywheel bolt failures. So, uh, yeah, a bit bit of stuff going wrong there. Of course, at this stage, they're still trying to figure out their if there's a common cause, it may relate to the design, the manufacturing process, operational conditions, engine maintenance, or a mix of these factors. So, yeah, no definite answer as yet and no 100% lockdown, but they are still proposing it and waiting for uh, more info to come back from the comments. Now, when we talked about it last week, we were talking about the consultation period that the CASA had going to, uh, you know, basically work through some of these issues. That was due to expire on November 20th. However, um, submissions from interesting parties will now be accepted until November 27th. I guess that'll be about the time this podcast goes live. We actually record this a couple of days beforehand. Uh, But yeah, there's a a lot going on there and there's a lot at stake, as we mentioned last week, Grant. And I guess a good baseline to compare it to, if you like, or a good yardstick to measure it by uh, would be, um, I guess, uh, rotate engines because Rotax is the major player in this market and uh, a very, very reliable engine from all reports. Um, you know, how does it compare with uh, with that? I wonder if CASA has looked at that. Uh, well, that's uh, something I'm going to have to just go and ask RAOs and CASA about uh, what kind of rates they're getting on the, all the other kinds of aircraft, including the ones with the bigger name engines such as Lycoming and uh, Continental and so on. Yes, very true. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 an interesting story, and I know we talk a lot about heavy metal and military stuff uh, here on this segment, and I guess uh, mostly on the show. But everybody starts typically flying in this category of aircraft, and increasingly so these days. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot at stake here, and there's a lot of aircraft, uh, not just uh, here in Australia with Jabiru power plants, but uh, they, you know, they make a lot of money out of exporting those power plants all over the world. So, uh, there's a lot at stake here for them. They certainly do, Steve, and yeah, definitely big stakes going on. But uh, you did mention smaller aircraft aircraft there and compared to the usual uh, heavy metal and commercial airliners and so on a smaller aircraft is uh, the uh, Embraer regional jet the airline JetGo that recently uh, transformed itself from being a primarily a charter fly in fly out operator with the mines uh, they got their high capacity jet RPT air operator certificate in October and haven't really used it yeah so it's jet no go grant <laughs> you see how I did that buddy yeah nice one they were going to start off with uh, Sydney to Roma, so that's a, a bit of a hike from Sydney up into the um, outback area of Queensland, particularly for regular.
regular flyers into that area for mines and so on. But uh, that hasn't quite worked out. Uh, early in November, they pushed it back. It was supposed to start early in November. They pushed it back and then said, okay, we're going to start operating in December. Well, they've now decided that uh, low demand economic conditions not working out, they've shelved it. And uh, yeah, it's only two weeks from launch. So I guess they just weren't getting the traction they were expecting. Yeah, they made a statement here, Grant, that says uh, that Jetgo remains invested in this route and should there be an increase in demand in the general public or companies, we may return there in the near future. You know what I'm thinking, Grant? If they're really looking to cash in um, with regular public transport routes, if they want to cash in on the mining boom, well, they're probably a bit late because um, you know the boom is starting to ease off in uh, most parts of Australia and maybe they've just left their run a bit late. It's very possible, mate. There's a report just being tabled that indicates that uh, Australia's mining boom is definitely on the uh, relax. All indicators are showing that it's uh, plateaued and likely to drop by quite a considerable amount over the next year or so. So uh, we'll see what happens with that one, but uh, perhaps a bad time for Jetco. Apparently, they're still going to go for their Sydney Gladstone flights, and uh, they're looking at Tamworth, Brisbane from January 19th next year. But, mate, I reckon they'd be in a much better position if they, uh, instead of going to Roma, went to uh, Brisbane way out west, Wellcamp Airport. Yes, Wellcamp Airport. Now, we've been talking about that uh, for most of the year and the development of this privately owned uh, air- airport. And I tell you what, Grant, it's a real example here of how private enterprise, when they uh, they get down to it, can uh, really uh, blitz the government uh, when it comes to airports. Oh, I'm looking at you, Sydney. Uh, this one, <laughs> they, they've really gone full, full on with this one. And, and as we recorded the segment last week, well, um, basically the airport was opening. So they haven't mucked around, have they, Grant? And, uh, you know, already Qantas Link is uh, advertising flights in and out of that uh, that airport. And uh, Rex, the regional airline, with their... Uh with their Saab turboprops, they're uh, they're starting up in January with their flights into Wellcamp. And look, it's just an indication of what you can do when it's a corporate group. You don't have to pander to too many interests, and you're able to just knuckle in and do it, and uh, also ride a little roughshod over any neighbours' complaints. Uh, <laughs> they made use of a loophole, if you'll recall, way back when we were talking about this earlier in the year, and also last year. And uh, basically, the neighbours who tried to complain missed out on their chance to complain because of some loopholes that the Wagners took advantage of that have now subsequently been closed I believe but uh, yeah amazing what can happen when you uh, really set your mind to it and uh, pushing ahead to uh, get some profit happening Absolutely, Grant. And with a runway that's uh, just shy of three kilometres long, it can even handle uh, aircraft such as Boeing 747. So they're going to be looking at getting, uh, I guess, freight operations in there. Uh, they've also got an 8,000 square metre passenger terminal that's uh, capable of handling 1.5 million passengers a year with 10 check-in discs, according to this article wow. I'm reading here in uh, australianaviation.com.au. So uh, interesting stuff, Grant. And uh, I tell you what, mate, we should have got up there for the launch. It would have been nice to go up to Queensland. I believe it's been rather warm up there this week. Oh, well, if only we'd have had time to go up, mate. And, uh, yeah, warmth, I've heard of that myth. But, you know, it's just interesting. They've got it all up and running and everything's going. And in equivalent time, Brisbane is still struggling to get uh, everything underway for its third runway. Uh, That hasn't even started really major work yet, I don't believe. It's interesting you talk about some of the uh, neighbours in the area of uh, Brisbane West Wellcamp Airport because uh, one of the uh, neighbours there is actually the Army. The Oki uh, Army Aviation Centre is not that far away and I know there was some concerns there but obviously uh, they must have worked around that somehow. Maybe money talks, Grant. Indeed it does, mate. It talks, it sings and it can work for you if you know how to use it. Absolutely. Well, we can talk and sing all night if we want, Grant, but I think we'd probably get chucked off really, really quickly. So I think we'll end it there. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm the bird-watching Grant McCarran. Whoa, check out that one. Yeah, we all know what sort of bird you're watching, buddy. What, boobies?